are listening to the Empowering Business DFW Podcast, and I am your host, Stephen Austin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 16 of the podcast. It is Thanksgiving week, so I hope everybody has a safe and great Thanksgiving day. Our interview this week was with Hunter Gonzalez. He and his wife own gym training. Jim stands for giving exercise meaning, and I think he brought a ton of value. I think he's going to talk about some things that really kind of hit home when it comes to fitness and exercise and taking care of your body. He and his wife are just doing some great things with their company. So you're really going to enjoy this episode, and let's get to it. going on hunter and welcome to episode 16 of the podcast glad you're here how you doing today i am doing great thank you so much for having me Stephen. i think you're gonna be able to bring a lot of value to the listeners as far as you know just standard information that i think everybody knows in the back of their mind but really don't think about or just don't know in general so just take a few minutes and just tell the audience a little bit about you and in your business absolutely thank you so much um and you hit the nail on the head Real quick, I'm gonna, I will get to my story, but real quick, you hit the nail on the head with the fact that people at the back, in the back of their minds, most people, generally speaking, know enough to, to, to kind of keep them dangerous in terms of, in terms of health, in terms of fitness, you know, Hey, I should probably walk or, Hey, I should probably not eat the piece of fried chicken and go with the grilled chicken, so on and so forth. But, um, and I figure we'll get to this later on in the, in the episode, there's just so much conflicting information out there. You go onto Google, you type in, what do I do to lose weight? You're going to see Bob say this, you're going to see Jill say this, Sally, so on and so forth. So uh, I'm really excited to get into talking about what, um, A, how we lead our business, A, and then B, what to do and what more importantly not to do in this whole thing called health. But when I say we, I'm talking my wife and I, I have the most awesome wife. I've been married to her for just over three years. It's about three and a half years, actually. Uh, we've been together for five and a half years. We met in the gym, as our website says, just a, just a classic gym rat love story. I will never forget um, how this top or how this really whole thing called our marriage and relationship came into motion. I was on Instagram and I am dating myself there. My dad's who was on your, who was on uh, the podcast a couple of weeks ago, dated himself with uh, being a mailboy or a newspaper tosser. I'm going to date myself and say that uh, we started dating through Instagram. So the gym that we were going to shouted her out on Instagram with a, with a video. And I remember seeing that video and I looked at my dad and I said, pops, I'm going to marry this girl. And my dad's like, okay, son, that's a little creepy, but whatever. So long story short, we um, connected at the gym and just had a date and just, just hit things off. And I'm not going to sit here and say that we work out together still, because generally speaking, we don't, we work out two completely different ways, but um, it all started in the gym. So that's, that's kind of who Tatum Gonzalez is. That's my wife. And that's kind of who Hunter Gonzalez is and how we, how we kind of got started and, and how we met. It's a good story. And I wouldn't say you're dating yourself at all because my wife and I actually um, connected on MySpace. So wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so if you, if you, uh, if you talk really dating yourself, MySpace is feels like years ago. <laughs> were, right? were, were y'all in each other's top five? 
No, it was one of those, like I sent her a message and, and she sent me a friend request or something along those lines. It's just awesome. kind of interesting how you think about that. But uh, so tell us how gym training came into play and, you know, what was the, the mindset or the thought going into that? I mean, obviously you're married at this point. You both got the same mindset about health and fitness and uh, the heart for helping people. So um, how did you guys transition to maybe prior careers or whatever the case is into kind of owning your own business. Awesome. Awesome. So kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to back up just a bit to February 12th of 2014, February 12th of 2014 um, was a day that will forever be etched in my memory for good or for bad. And it was on that day that I fractured my skull. I took a softball right above my right ear. Um, and I remember it hurting very briefly. Then the next thing I know, I wake up in the hospital the next morning. Um, it, it's a bit hazy. I remember bits and pieces, but, but generally speaking, the next thing I know, I woke up the next morning in the hospital and this nurse came to me and told me, had the ball gone a centimeter in any other direction, I would have died instantly. So when she told me that, um, amongst some other things, the doctors told me, Hey man, you, you've got to, you've got to drop out. You need to find a, find a career, um, maybe a trade and you just need to become good at that. And that's what your life is going to look like. So, come home, do a little bit of rehab. And I'll never forget, I was sitting in my bedroom because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. And I said, you know, I like helping people. I've lost a lot of weight myself. I'd lost 73 pounds about eight years ago now. And I've kept it off for now eight years. Um, but thank you so much. But I, I was like, I like helping people. I like being in the gym let's just try personal training out. So went and studied, talked to some people, Hey, who's the, who's the best certification to go with just to kind of get my foot in the door. And they told me the national Academy of sports and medicine. So I studied that, got that um, certificate, became certified personal trainer. And that was about seven years ago now. And that was just, and I'll hammer in on this later, but that was just getting my foot in the door. That certification was just getting my foot in the door um, because like you've said before, um, I've listened to a few podcast episodes is sometimes it's just about getting in. And then once you get in, it, it's, it's not what, what you did to get in. It's what you do to stay in. Right. So um, I, I just got in the door and Tatum, she had been a personal trainer a little bit before that. Um, she was a competitive bodybuilder. And so people just naturally gravitated towards her in the realm of health and fitness. And we ended up just working for just gyms, just regular old gyms, whether it be 24 hour fitness, anytime fitness, we worked at a couple private uh, training studios and just kind of developed the, uh, what's the word? We developed the expertise for lack of a better term in what we were doing and how to do it. And, and most, most importantly, how to serve people. And I'll never forget back in February of 2017, she came to me and she said, I think I want to, I think I want to quit my job and I think I want to start our own company. And I think right now in, in coronavirus, there's some people that understand the fact of leaving something secure, whether it's because you were laid off, such as yourself, whether it's um, your business went under, whatever it would be. And I was like, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're not going to start over from scratch. Um, I'm not going to literally leave everything that I've got. She said, okay. So we kind of dabbled in it just a little bit while we continued working um, and on the side. Then one thing led to another, July 13th of 2017, we said, you know what, let's do it. Let's just start gym training. Guys, gym is G-E-M, it stands for giving exercise meaning. 
what that means is what you want it to mean. What, what does exercise mean to you? Um, and we just said, let's just go for it. Since December 14th of 2017, this is all I have done. It is now October or November 13th of 2020. We've been doing it for about three and a half years. Um, and that's that. Yeah, no, that's a good story. And I think, you know, a lot of times whenever you put kind of a, a personal view on that, right? As far as way you want to approach a business. And a lot of times when you're talking to an entrepreneur, they don't either one, they don't know what they want to do or be they're following just passions like, like you and your wife did of fitness in general. And I think that in turn makes for just a happy life, a happy career, doing something that you love to do. So I'm glad to see that you guys have transitioned to working for somebody now working for yourself. Cause I think there's a lot of rewards that come in, into that. And, you know, when you talk to a lot of other entrepreneurs, they talk about the freedoms of, of owning a business, but you also look at, there's a lot of stressful things that come into play and a lot of challenges. Yep. And, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but you know, when you look at your, your website, giving exercise, the first thing that pops up that I noticed is 31.10. Give us a little bit explanation of what is this exactly? So great question. 3110, I'll kind of give you all the, the, the three different services that we provide. We provide in-home personal training and we can touch on this later. Um, that is exactly what it sounds like. We provide online personal training, which is if you live in a different state, that's basically personal training without me being there. So write your programs, help you nutritionally, so on and so forth. 3110 is something that we have been doing for, this will be the third Christmas that we've done it. And it's something that's blown up. It's something that we're both very passionate about. Um, and it's something that we, we see being and we know is the best at-home workout service that you will ever get. What 3110 is, is it is a women's fitness program. Notice I said women, there is no men allowed. Not that it's... Um, not that men are bad or anything like that, or women are good or nothing like that, but um, it is something that women can be vulnerable. It's a private Facebook group with people that are only in 3110, not just random strangers. It is a private Facebook group full of workouts that my wife does. We upload a new video each and every morning at 5 a.m. Uh, and I say each and every morning, Monday through Friday. My wife records those the day before, so for example, yesterday, we're recording this on a Friday. Yesterday uh, was Thursday. She recorded Friday's total body workout and uh, she uploads them. And then the ladies do it at home full of form cues, form tutorial videos, full of nutritional help, full of guidance. Um, and most importantly, and I, and I think you know this being married, Stephen, is it's full of community. And that's something that we found that is huge in fitness, huge in health. And it's huge, most importantly, with women. They need to feel like they're a part of something. I think everybody does, but specifically women. Um, they need to feel like they're a part of something. And something that we found in 3110 is we've got ladies all over the country that have never met each other and are checking in on each other. Hey, Sally, how are you doing? Hey, Jill, how are you doing? So on and so forth. And, and that just makes us happy um, to know that these workouts, though they're great workouts, are allowing these ladies to develop relationships, are allowing these ladies to get healthier, and most importantly, are allowing it to are allowing them to do it in a way that's conducive to their lifestyle. You can do it at home, minimal equipment required, five workouts a week. They're 31 minutes long. And the most important thing and the cherry on top is that this is worth hundreds of dollars every month and we provide it for $31 and 10 cents a month. So um, it's cheaper than gym membership, so on and so forth. So it, it, that is something that um, when we look at scaling gym five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, 3110 will be a critical component of that. Oh, and that's great. I think, you know, 
hammered the home the idea of community, right? I think anytime you're in any business, you've got to have a community, especially a support system that will that will kind of support you no matter what the case is. But going into that though, I mean, whether you're male or female, there's a lot of different gym regimens out there. There are a lot of different people saying you should do this and not this or or you know, that's bad for you, this is bad for you. So how does gym compare to your typical you know, personal training or, you know, home fitness experience. How do you guys differentiate yourself from the other ones out there? Perfect. So I always love um, when prospects ask, ask us this question, because just like you said, there is a million different personal trainers. There's a million different salesmen. There's a million different everything's out there. And what we say is, this is kind of, this is going to sound kind of strange. And I say this as humbly as possible. We say, A, Go to our Facebook and look at our reviews. That's a facebook.com slash giving exercise meaning shameless plug y'all. Um, B, we say, and this is the honest to goodness truth. We will do whatever it takes to help you get results, whether that's texting, whether that's calling, whether that's talk, whatever it will be, we will do what gets you, what we need to do to get you results. And then see the most important thing is that the continuing education that my wife and I um, do for ourselves and then do together is unmatched. It's unparalleled. What we're constantly doing is growing. We're not just going on Google and saying, what's the best workout for Sally? What's the best workout for Steven? What's the best workout for Bob? No, that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is continually, ed continually educating ourselves on what is best person to person, not general crowd, not general population, but person to person. So for me, for example, my um, passion my absolute passion is biomechanics. So right now I'm pursuing a very advanced certification. It's a human movement specialist certification. After that, I will do a stage two biomechanics certification. Tatum right now is pursuing a postpartum corrective exercise specialist certification. Um, and we've, we've each got dozens and dozens of certs um, amongst us too, uh, besides those. But at the end of the day, it's just about continually educating ourselves on a lot of people. And I don't say this just personal training, but a lot of people just get that piece of paper. So for me, it was the NASM cert. I got in the door and whoop-de-doo. Now let's just do what I was doing five years ago, seven years ago. That's just not how it works. Um, and and you, can, you can say this in your profession and anybody can say that in their profession. Um, it's about constantly be, be growing, constantly educating ourselves so that we can provide uh, the, the, the service that people are paying us good money to provide. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And you talk about... Um, the importance of just keeping up with everything that's out there, right? And I know you you mentioned this, health is an important investment, right? And you need to invest wisely. Yep. So expand on that. What what are some tips that that maybe the listeners can take away from that they could make making that in you know important investment into their health? So you hit the nail on the head. And I know I've used that analogy several times now, but it's the absolute truth. You hit the nail on the head with health is an important investment. Guys, health is the most important investment. And I don't say that so that you give me money. I don't say that so that you give Bob money. I say that so that you can live a long, fruitful, healthy life. If you, have, if you do not have your health, you have got absolutely nothing. End of story. There's a, there's a famous story. I don't know if everybody knows it, but Steve Jobs, very, very, very quiet man, very um, kept to himself, very um, stayed out of the limelight. So he died of pancreatic cancer. Um, God, it's probably been seven, eight, nine years ago now. 
And one of the questions that somebody asked him as he was kind of nearing the end was kind of what are your thoughts on, on your health? Like, where do you stand on your health? And it was, I don't know how much Steve Jobs was worth when he died. It was a lot of money, but he said, I would trade all of this, every bit of money I own to be healthy, to be able to live a long life. So again, I don't say that as a sales tactic, as a slimy salesman. No, it's the truth is you will pay for your health like it or not, you will pay for your health. You're either going to pay for it now in a gym membership, a personal trainer, a coach, um, anything like that, where you're going to pay for it on the back end when you're taking medicines, when you're in the hospital, so on and so forth. And I don't say that as a, as a scary, scare tactic or anything, but you, you're going to pay for your health. So now that I just kind of went on that nice little diatribe, the next question to answer your question is guys, keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Work out. I, I don't care what you do. It, it truthfully, it doesn't matter what you do. If you are a couch potato, let's say, and you, your day consists of waking up at seven o'clock in the morning, having a coffee with cream and sugar, driving to work, staying there. I know right now it's a little bit different, but just go with me. Um, staying there eight to five, then driving home an hour, six o'clock. You say hi to your wife. You say hi to your kids. You plop down on the couch with a beer. Uh, you eat dinner at 830. You go to bed and repeat it all the next morning. You don't need to go on to Google and find the best workout regimen out there. You don't. What you need to do is get a gym membership and just start simple. If it's walking on the treadmill, if it's jogging on the treadmill, if it's walking around the park with your wife and kids and your dog, I don't care what it is, but keep it simple. So often people get, and I was actually just talking to a client this morning about this, just literally two hours ago. So often people want to do extremes. That's what we find in doing this for as long as we have and working with hundreds and hundreds of clients is that people want to do things all the way to either the left or the right side. They don't just want to just focus on the small things. They don't just want to focus on having a lean protein, having a fruit or vegetable in every meal and having water and, and going on a walk or going to the gym two or three times a week. They want to eliminate all their foods. They want to go to the gym seven days a week. They want to do all these crazy things and you look up and every single January, they're starting over because all they did was January 1 to January 17th or whatever it would be. Research shows us that by February 15th, so mm -hmm. Valentine's Day, I believe the number is 73% of people that started their New Year's resolution or had a New Year's resolution to get healthy have stopped. Yeah. Why did they stop? It's not because 73% of people don't care about their health. What it is, is that 73% of people started going to the gym seven days a week after never have been in the gym before common sense says you're going to run yourself into the ground and you're not going to be able to sustain that. My wife says it perfect is always something is better than all or nothing. I would rather you work out two times a week, 52 weeks a year. So that's 104 workouts as opposed to seven, seven days a week for four, for four weeks. And that's 28 workouts. I don't want that. I want you to constantly be doing something two or three days a week. Do that, do what you can sustain, do what you can maintain and watch what happens. Yeah, that's an important fact. And a diet's a diet, but a life, my wife will tell me too, lifestyle change can change that completely. And to your point, I mean, yes, a New Year's resolution is great, right? But a lot of people fall into that trap of, I'm going to get healthy this year. You know, yep. 2020 was my year and it it was expired by February or 2021 is going to be my year. And it's, it's always, it's always one of those. So it's more instead of doing a diet or a workout regimen, right? have a lifestyle change, change yep. your focus, change your priorities, because 30 minutes of TV 
could be your 30 minutes of exercise that you need to extend X amount of years on your life. Right. And absolutely. And especially the older you get, the more your priorities change anyway. Right. Absolutely. When you have kids and you're married and all of these things that you're living for them, not for something else. Right. And yep. so you're just yep. making that lifestyle change as opposed to just a, a short term diet. I reference you on a lot of these next questions because I ask you, you know, what are some common questions that you get on the daily from your clients? Because obviously I'm not a professional fitness instructor. I don't know a lot of these answers. Um, so I wanted to refer back to you because you are the professional here, right? So if you don't mind, let's just, I'm going to hammer out a couple of these questions. It's just for the audience, their knowledge. And I think there are a lot of valuable questions that I think every single person thinks about, right? Yep. So let's just start with the first one. How, how often should I train each week? And I know you kind of mentioned that briefly, but expand on that a little bit. So great question. What we always tell people when they first ask this is what can you sustain? And by this time we've qualified them enough kind of through the sales process. And because the guys at the end of the day, just like my father said a couple of weeks ago, Mark Gonzalez is no matter what you do, you're a salesman, no matter what. And that doesn't mean I'm a slimy salesman because I, I'm not, but at the end of the day, I'm a salesman. So I've qualified them through the sales process. I've got them through the sales process, so on and so forth. And I, I talk to them about our packages, yada, yada. And they say, great, well, I want to go with the 50 pack. How many times a week should I train? I know the answer to this, but I have told, or I ask them is what can you sustain? Most people, most people, what we have found, we'll say four days a week. What I will say to that is you can't do that. As, as kind of blunt as that is, it's the truth. And people need to hear that because so often people, again, just like I mentioned just a couple minutes ago, is so often people think, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in and I'm just going to kill it and I'll be fine and I'm going to rely on motivation and I'm going to do this and this is going to be awesome. Even when I don't want to go, I'm going to go and awesome. No. It's not going to happen. So we always suggest start with two. Two is better than the zero you're currently doing. Is two as good as three? No, but two is better than the zero that you're doing. So and you can work your way up to the four. And that's what we do. That's what we do. So if somebody starts with two, two days a week, we say, okay, let's do this. What we're going to do, if you want to work up to four, we're going to do two days a week for a month. If you can sustain that for a month, and I understand life happens, you get sick or whatever, but if you can sustain that for a month, you don't get burnt out, you don't constantly cancel, so on and so forth, then we're going to move to three. If we find that your body can handle that, if we find that your schedule allows that, so on and so forth, then we're going to move to four. Once you can maintain that for a long time, then we're going to stick at four. We have some clients that do five. We, we train um, a few athletes, few um, people with, with real aspirations and real um, chances to go professional in their, in their respective sports. And they're training a little bit more than the average Joe, uh, for sure. But the average Joe, just the, the Sally, the stay-at-home mom or the CEO of a company or whatever it would be, we start them to typically work up to three. And of the 97 clients that we currently have, the vast majority of them work out three days a week. Yeah. And that's good. Next question was how much cardio do I need to lose weight? And it's, and I guess I'm going to add to that. Is there, is there a benefit of cardio versus weight training or vice versa? Okay. So none. So 
cardio, your cardiovascular system, your heart is a muscle. You should 100% train it. 100%. I am not saying that you shouldn't. Please do not hear that and tune me out now, y'all. You should absolutely train your heart. It's the most important muscle in your body for crying out loud. So go out and run, go out and walk, go out and jog, do things, basketball, whatever. So do it so that you can build that muscle. Do not do it to lose weight. There's a few different reasons why. One, when you hop on a treadmill and you say, hey, I burned 500 calories. You didn't because those, those machines are notorious in the same way fitness trackers are wearable technology. There's actually a study that came out about three months ago that wearable technology is anywhere between 50 to 150% inaccurate. So if you say you burned, if it says you burned 500 calories, generally speaking, you probably burned about 300. So that's neither here nor there. I could go off on a long tangent about that, but you don't need to do cardio for weight loss because at the end of the day, if you lift weights, lift weights properly, and again, lift weights consistently, notice how I'm hammering that word in y'all because it's the most important thing when it comes to your health. If you lift weights consistently, you will find that in terms of building muscle, increases your metabolic rate as opposed to just jogging on a treadmill or walking on a treadmill at two miles an hour. It increases your metabolic rate so that because muscle is a more metabolically active tissue than fat is. Um, so you want to lift weights to, to lose weight, to lose fat, because that's everybody's goal. People's goal is not to lose weight. Their goal is to lose fat, regardless of whatever um, they think their goal is. That's their goal um, because there's so many negative health effects from um, adipose tissue. But um, to answer your question in kind of a long-winded response, but I'm going to tie it up in a nice pretty bow. You don't have to do cardio to lose weight. You have to do cardio to strengthen your heart. It's kind of interesting you said that about a lot of the devices that we're using um, don't really reflect exactly what, what you're doing. I remember the first time I did my first 100-mile bike ride, I looked at and it was one of those polar watches. Yeah, you wrap underneath. Yeah, and it, yep. it's like you burned, I think it was like 5,100 calories in a 100-mile bike ride, which I, I was like, okay, I, I feel it because I have zero anything in my body at this point. Uh, but it's kind of interesting you say that because I'm kind of curious, like what is an, an accurate number based on a workout like that, as opposed to like, you know, a weight training exercise. I mean, is there a product out there that you, you've noticed and I'm kind of going off now on a tangent for myself. Is there a product out there that you've seen this kind of, um, zero is more on an accurate count? So the ones that are the most accurate, but again, that's still, um, it's such a poor word because none of them are accurate, but the one that, it, that has the least um, uh, margin of error and it's been tracked at 37%, no pun intended with me saying tracked, it's been found that it's at 37% is the iWatch or the Apple Watch. That is the most accurate one, but again, 37% off is still huge. And the reason why we hammer that home with clients is don't, don't worry about the calories that your wearable technology says that you're burning is because what people do, and this is anecdotal, and I guarantee you, I can find research about this, but in fact, I know that I've seen research about this, but when people say, if I, if I went out and said, Steven, you burned 5,100 calories, I'm going to assume it's probably the hotter than hell ride that you did. That was a hundred miles. Yeah. That's, that's what I figured. So you went out and you did that ride. You burned 5,100 calories. And I'm not calling you out. This is just how people are as humans. You probably said, 
I can go eat whatever I want. I just burned 5,100 calories and I'm just going to eat whatever. If I eat 6,000 calories, who cares? I only, I burned 5,100. What happens with that is if people sit here and say, my Fitbit says that I burned 5,000 calories, they're going to go out and eat 5,000 calories. And when they gain weight, it's because they ate over what they burned, but the Fitbit told them that they burned 5,000 calories. In fact, Fitbit a couple of years ago was involved in a $182 million lawsuit over this because people were gaining weight because they were going off of what Fitbit told them they burned and they hadn't burned that. And so what happens is they're gaining a bunch of weight. Well, what's going on? Oh, Fitbit's inaccurate. So um, all that to say, the iWatch is the best or the Apple Watch is, is the least uh, inaccurate, but it's still huge, huge inaccuracy in terms of where we could go that would allow us to know exactly how many calories we're burning. A metabolic ward's the only place, but nobody has a metabolic ward in their house and that's where they work out. That's just unrealistic. Well, and then you take into account too, the, the food that you got to supply your body with during an, a, a workout like that. Right. I mean, exactly. I remember going through, I was, I felt like I was eating on the road every 15 minutes, 20 minutes yep. to stay hydrated, to stay fueled because, you know, I don't want to hit that 70 mile mark where typically everybody bonks and yep. uh, they can't finish it. So you're eating constantly. So even though it said maybe, you know, 5,100 calories, you're probably putting in 2000 as it is exactly with the, the, the food to fuel your, your exercise. So exactly. Uh, Go on the food though, because going back to to cycling, you know they say carb loading is a good thing, right? Before you you work out really well. So, um, are are carbs bad for for me? No. So right now, the ketogenic diet is all the craze right now, and at the end of the day, there there are some some health benefits to the ketogenic diet, specifically for your brain. So if somebody, and there is some, some very new research, it's very minimal. And in terms of being able to believe what shows up in research, you want to see dozens of articles, dozens of publications that show this is legit instead of one or two. Um, but in terms of brain, if you have had a traumatic brain injury, pump fats into you. So me, for example, if I had known this eight years ago when our six, what, six and a half, seven years ago, when I suffered my, my injury, I've suffered two traumatic brain injuries. But if I had known this, I would have pumped fat into my body because that will absolutely help my brain. If somebody has epilepsy, fats are very important because again, that's brain. So the ketogenic diet is great for that. It can be great for weight loss, but you're not losing weight because you're cutting carbs. You are losing weight because you're cutting calories. Because at the end of the day, it is not this black and white, but for the sake of boring your listeners to death, it is this black and white. You must, you must, you must, must do something that is sustainable and you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. To gain weight, you have to be in a calorie surplus. Calorie deficit just means you have to burn more than what you ingest. So if you go out and burn 5,100 calories on a hotter than hell 100 mile bike ride, if you ate 4,900, you're going to lose weight over a sustained period of time. So all that to say, carbs are not bad for you. Eat them. I eat about 525 grams of carbs a day. And you see me right now, I'm not gigantic and super unhealthy. No. So go out and eat carbs, y'all. If you like the ketogenic diet and you can sustain it, do it. 
but don't feel like you have to. And go back to calories. I mean, a lot of people are kind of curious too. I mean, I use an app called my fitness pal, mm-hmm. which, which tends to, you know, you, you track what you eat and it tells you how many calories you need and how much you want to lose weight and so on and so forth. So uh, what would you recommend someone doing if they wanted to start counting their calories? I mean, how many calories should, should you eat? Okay. Great question. So, um, it's different for everybody. So one of the things that you can do is, and I will actually, I've actually posted this on our Facebook before. I will post this when this episode gets dropped. Of course, we'll be tagged in it. I will share it on our personal page and I will also share it on our business page. And under it, I will comment a BMR, which stands for basal metabolic rate. I will uh, uh, comment a BMR calculator that we use at times for clients. This BMR calculator is the best one that I found. Don't just go in and type BMR calculator on Google because there's 515 ones and they will all give you 515 different answers. So when this is dropped, I will let you all know where you can go. Um, this is not some like, I don't get paid or anything for this. I don't feel like I'm, I'm making money off of this y'all. Um, but it was created by a doctor. It was created by a researcher as well. So it will tell you a very good estimate of how many calories a day you should be eating because there's so many things that, that that's based off of. And to sit here and say, Stephen, you should be eating a thousand. Bob, you should be eating 2000. Sally, you should be eating 3000. There's just no way for me to know. But one thing I will say, I told a new client this uh, a couple of days ago, she asked me this question, how many calories should I eat? I told her, told her some things. And then I said, just know though, we have never put a client under 1500 calories. We have been doing this combined 13 years, y'all. We have never put a client under 1500 calories. The reason why is it's not sustainable. At the end of the day, again, I keep hammering in on this because it's the truth and it's what works. You have to do something that you can sustain. If you don't see yourself doing what you're doing from a health perspective in 20 years, stop doing it. If you don't see what you're yourself doing what you're doing right now in five years, stop doing it. If you don't see yourself doing what you're doing right now in a month, stop doing it. I know that's very blunt. I know that may come across a little mean, and I do not mean that mean at all. I mean that to help you so that you're not banging your head up against a wall like a lot of our clients have um, before they came to us. You have to do something that you can sustain. Yeah. I mean, on that point though, too, I went through a program once that, you know, granted I lost like a little over 20 pounds, but the first couple of weeks I felt like I was starving myself. Right. Yep. And that's the point you never want to get to because when you do, you're willing to, to break that diet or break whatever habits that you've been working so hard towards. And it's instantly broken with, with one cheat meal. Right. Yep. Um, I think that's an important fact, but you know, we've talked calories, we've talked workout regimens, we've talked, you know, just overall, how do I train? Right. But a lot of times when you make, let's just call it a new year's resolution or we make goals, right? Sometimes you want instant gratification, right? You want to know instantly, is this working? Right? So the common question, and you wrote this, how long until I see results? Okay. So I'm going to break the fourth wall and I'm going to ask you this question, Stephen. What so if, go easy if I, on me, go easy if, on me. If if I said you call me up and you say, Hey dude, I found you on Empowering Business DFW podcast, I want to get started. And I want to do XYZ. I would then ask you, what does results mean to you? So I ask you, Stephen, in your health, 
and you can make these up. You can be honest. I don't really care. What are, what does results mean to you? I mean, longevity life, Okay. you know, um, when you look, I mean, me personally, I have asthma, right? So when you, okay. when you have weight, you're putting more strain in your body. Therefore your lungs are working harder. Your heart's working harder. And I think all of that, just in general, I want to live as long as I can for my family. Right. And that's, that's me. Okay. So, and I actually really like those because when people tell us, I want to lose 10 pounds so that I can fit in a bikini or I, I want to lose 30 pounds so that I can look great and spite my ex-wife at a reunion or whatever it would be. That's such a, it's not founded in bad or negative, but that's such a, there's no longevity to that, to use your word. There's no longevity to, I want to lose five pounds. Okay. Why? When you can get down into the why of things that changes Typically, that changes what your goals are. So how do you see results? How long until I see results? It depends on your goals, A. And then B, are they measurable or are they not? Okay, so you want to lose weight so that your asthma gets better. Perfect. Does that mean two pounds? Does that mean 20 pounds? Does that mean 50 pounds, 100 pounds, three? What does that mean? Then another thing that we always tell people is take an inventory of how you feel day to day. Do you feel like crap? Do you get tired at 3 p.m.? Do you get winded walking upstairs? Do you, all these things, and you'll find pretty quickly, this is this goes for everybody who's listening, pretty quickly after working out, whether it's a month, whether it's six weeks, whether it's three weeks, whether it's five, whatever, you're gonna notice, oh, I'm not as winded walking up the stairs. Oh, I'm not feeling like I want to die at 3 p.m. Oh, I just feel better in general because what happens is when you work out, and I'm not going to talk about um, all the hormones that get secreted and so on and so forth, but when you work out from a strictly personal level, you just feel better. Like you, you feel accomplished. You feel like you've done something, yada, yada, yada. So when I can do that and I can do that sustainably, I'll find that oh, I may not have lost 50 pounds in a month. Oh, I may not have lost 30 pounds in a year like I wanted to, but I'm no longer winded walking up the stairs. I no longer feel like I'm about to die when I roll around on the floor with my kids. I no longer can't roll on, around on the floor with my kids because I can't get down and I can't get up, so on and so forth. So I know that's kind of a, I didn't really answer that question, but that's how we always answer it is because A, it's different person to person, but B, maybe let's take a step back and look at, okay, what are my personal results that I'm wanting to see? And, and what are the measurables that I can look at for that? I was thinking about, you know, when you go through and you lose all this weight, make sure that you stay, stay on top of it because it's easy to lose sight of what you worked so hard for. And I'll be completely transparent. I went through and I lost that 20 something pounds. And then unfortunately I, I gained weight back through COVID and you don't realize when you start like, Oh, I'll just eat this and I'll eat this and I'll eat this. And next thing you know, you're like, I just gained eight pounds after losing 20. Like what happened? Right. And by that point, it's even harder to, to lose that weight, especially the older you get. So definitely take into consideration all of those things and just, it's a mindset shift on your focus and priority. So I think it's, it's, it's that's so good that you said that. And, and I'm going to, I know you 
you have other questions to ask, but I'm going to talk about this just very briefly, or I'm going to try to keep it brief. You mentioned um, several times, and it's not on you, this is just everybody, and you just kind of mentioned it again, is like, quote unquote, bad foods, cheat meals, whether it be whatever, the bad foods. I mentioned fried chicken earlier, fill in the blank, you're the bad food, quote unquote. We have never, and we never will, that's a superlative, and it's very hard to use superlatives at times because you kind of put your neck out there and you can be, you can be killed with that. But we will never tell somebody not to have their favorite foods. And the reason why is because a, that doesn't work through the issue of why they constantly are going to that favorite food 10 times a week when their marriage is struggling or when work is stressful or the kids are asleep or whatever. And there's always a deeper rooted issue. It's not just that somebody wants to get healthy. Okay. Why do you, you want to get healthy? Why do you always tend to go to the beer? Why do you always tend to eat ice cream at night? So on and so forth. And then B is if I restrict, there's something called the binge restrict cycle. If I restrict and say, Stephen, what's your favorite food? Give me anything. I don't care what it is. Sweets. Perfect. Okay. Donuts. Let's just say cake. If I say you cannot have cake, you, you just can't, you're working with me. Cake is going to derail you. You're going to be like, okay, perfect, man. I just paid you good money and I'm going to do this. I can do it. Perfect. You stay away from cake for a week. You stay away from cake for a month, two months, so on and so forth. But you look up at some point in time, you're going to quote unquote break at some point. I don't know when it is. Generally speaking, most people, it's about three, four weeks. So what happens is you eat that. You feel bad for eating it. Like you just committed a crime. You didn't, you ate a slice of cake, my goodness. And then you're like, oh, Hunter's going to get mad at me. Tatum's going to get mad at me. And they're going to tell me, don't eat that again. Then I'll go a month with that. And then I'll eat it again. And you, what happens is that a, you've given power to that food over you and B you can no longer, um, not restrict. You can no longer control yourself around that food. So you binge on it because you don't know when the next time you're getting that cake is. So if I told you, Steven, you can have cake right now. Like I'm your trainer. You're, you're on this video. I want you to eat a piece of chocolate cake right now. You're going to be like, sweet. You're going to eat it. And then tomorrow I tell you, Hey, eat another piece of cake. You're going to eat it. Eventually at some point you're going to get tired of that cake. Eventually. I don't know when it's going to be. It may be a week. It may be a month. It may be 10 years, but eventually you're going to get tired of that cake. Then it will lose its power. And you now have the power over food to realize, Oh, I can eat cake and I can lose weight. Oh, I can eat, uh, chimichangas and I can lose weight or whatever food it is. And you reckon if losing weight's your goal and you recognize that, Oh, I just got healthier eating those quote unquote bad foods. And I still have them in my diet so I can do something that is again, sustainable. Enjoy your favorite foods, moderation. The, 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 the vast majority of your meals should be lean proteins, plants, fruits, so on and so forth, but go out and have some, some, Kate, go out and have some donuts and, and enjoy, enjoy those things while you have them. Yeah. No, and, and I think that's a valid point. I think sometimes when you, when you want something, can't have it, you kind of crave it even more. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's me with sweets. Like if you tell me I can't have cake, I'm going to want it. <laughs> but, exactly. Let's talk a little bit about COVID. I think COVID's affected every single business out there. Right. How would you, have yep. you shifted through COVID? Have you, you know, changed your business format? Have you been able to pivot? What's going on there? Oh, great question. Um, COVID has been the best thing that could have ever happened to, to gym training and COVID 
has blown our business up. So, and I'll be fully transparent, y'all. Coronavirus or coronavirus gym training caters to um, we cater to all, but generally speaking, we cater to um, uh, people who have a little bit of disposable income. We understand that personal training is a disposable income service, and um, we know that our prices aren't the cheapest. I will be fully transparent with you. Our prices are not the cheapest. Are they the most? No. Do they go on a, on a sliding scale? Are they closer to the, to the cheap? Are they closer to the expensive? We're closer to the expensive, and we're completely fine with that because we know we're worth that. But I was scared. I'm not going to lie. I think everybody was scared. Granted, the majority of our clients are CEOs um, of major companies that we would all know, or um, they're stay-at-home moms and the wives of CEOs and so on and so forth. So I didn't think necessarily that they were going to lose the millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars that they had, but it was still scary because we go from having a great, everything was great in terms of money to now businesses are shutting down and, and all this. And I'm like, oh crap, are we, is Jim going to be around in three months and four months and five months? And I said, you know, I don't know if Jim is going to be around, but I promise you, if it's not around, it's not going to be because I just rolled over and died and let coronavirus stop this business. I've put way too much into this. I do not have a backup plan. I will be a hundred percent transparent with you. Um, I, I don't have a plan B. I, when it comes to my life and my livelihood, I do not have a plan B. This has got to work. If it doesn't, I'm screwed. Like yeah. fully, tra- fully transparent. So how did we pivot? We didn't. I continued knocking on doors. I don't literally do that, but I continue knocking on doors. I continue talking to people. I continue to uh, reach out to over a hundred leads a day. I continue to do all of these things in hopes that our business would blow up. And we had always asked clients for referrals. Always. You always want to ask people, who do you know? And people would, oh, I know Bob. I know Steven. I know, and I'm going to talk to him. And you know, Steven, if I say, hey, go out and talk to your wife about training, you're going to be like, okay, great. I'll do it. And you're not going to. Life's going to happen or whatever. You're just not going to. Well, we had one client. It was actually a group of three ladies. They will forever be a piece of my heart. Seriously. Those three ladies have led to uh, 17 new clients that we have all because of them. I, I, I kind of gave them a little bit of a deal and because not because I was scared, but because I was like, maybe they're, maybe they're it. Maybe they're going to give me the referrals, gave them a little bit of a deal and they blew me up. They completely blew our business up. So um, I have to thank them a, and to answer your question, we didn't pivot, continue doing what we did, um, continue doing what we've done. Because again, just like I said, at the end of the day, I don't have a plan B. This has got to work. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think that's a good point. I think the fact that you didn't pivot allowed you to kind of stay on course um, because eventually one of these days COVID is going to go away, right? It's not going to be anytime yep. soon. It's going to be around for a long time, but eventually it's going to go away. And the fact that you didn't pivot and you stayed focused and you kept on with your task of, of reaching out to new potential clients and using that referral based network that, that I'm a big proponent of. I think that goes a long way and, and congratulations to you for that. We're not having to, to sacrifice anything else because Thank a you. lot of people, they don't have a plan B like yourself. Their business is their plan A and they haven't really even thought about plan B because they nothing really out there that they want to do aside from what they're doing now. So um, again, I, I commend you for that. 
I want to shift over a little bit more just business focus questions because a lot of people out there may be in the process of getting their certifications for personal training and they want to eventually have a goal of opening up their own gym or their own business. What, what advice would you have for someone uh, kind of going through that process? Uh, and then what have been some struggles that you've, you've noticed along with that, uh, that they kind of need to be aware of or look out for? So this is going to come across very, um, the word that I want to use is uh, blunt. That's the word I'll use, but it's the truth. And I think that everybody, when they kind of sit down and think about what I'm about to say, they're going to be like, you know, he's right. And what I'm going to say is there is nothing special about you. There is nothing special about me. There's nothing special about you. There's nothing special about any of us. Yes, we all have our gifts and talents, duh. But there's 9 million personal trainers out there. Do I believe in myself that I am the best? 100%. Do I believe that we provide a service that's unparalleled, unmatched, and never will be? Yes. But, and I think everybody does, they just feel that about themselves. But there's nothing that keeps anybody from leaving me right now. The only thing that I can control, the only thing that you can control is how you love on your clients. Because at the end of the day, they're who's putting food on my table. At the end of the day, they're who's putting clothes on my daughter's back. At the end of the day, they're who's putting gas in my car. They're who's paying my insurance. They're who's paying for my everything. So if I want to be a jerk and I want to be braggadocious, I want to be arrogant, I want to be cocky, I want to be mean, I want to yell at them, I want to scream, whatever they're going to pull that money away. They're going to go put food in somebody else's belly. And I need that food to go in my belly. So what would I say? I would just say, remember, there's nothing special about us other than the fact that we can love on our clients a little bit different. You love on your clients, Stephen, in a different way than I do. And you love on them better than I could. Otherwise, they'd be my clients. But, but at the end of the day, it's just about loving on your clients because it, it, when it comes down to it, we are nothing without our clients. We're nothing without our, the people we know in our lives. Forget business, just in general. But um, what would I say is just love them. That's it. I think a lot of times that can sometimes be overlooked, right? The way you treat your, your customers, the way you treat your clients can sometimes, you know, easily be overlooked too. Or like, especially if they're, you know, fortunately everybody knows this has a difficult client of some kind sometimes. Right. Oh, and oh it's, yes. how, and it's how you react to them that either drives them away or brings them closer. And I yep. think if you're able to handle positions like that and you know, in sales, it's the same way. I've had difficult people to, you know, difficult customers and I'm like, Oh man, they're so hard to deal with. But you know what? Like you said, love on them, make them your best friend because that's what yep. I do is I, you know what? they're going through something, I'm going to make them my best friend and I'll reach out to them probably more often than they want me to, but eventually evolves into something else and, you know, ends up turning into a great partnership or a great relationship. So I think that's a very valid point. You know, you and your wife both have a lot of passion for helping people. Where do you guys get your inspiration for that? I mean, is there anything specific that you guys kind of look at, whether it's books or podcasts, aside from this one, um, do you have any out there that you really go to for your inspiration? So, um, you know, we are, we are not, not in a, not in a shove it down your throat way, but we're faith, faith based. We are religious people. Um, so I've, I've got to, got to say the Lord first and foremost, bar none, not even close. Um, but in terms of people on this, on this earth, 
um, from a fitness perspective, there's a couple that we, that we really like, um, that we really follow. And there's a couple that we really just listen to what they have to say. We just shut up and listen. Um, the first one is our fitness mentor. His name is duck. And he is down in Austin. Um, duck is actually who got my wife started, um, in her evidence-based practice in terms of this is science-based science-backed this is science in action duck is i was actually talking to him on the phone earlier this morning um duck is my fitness hero my goodness um love him second one uh for me like i said i'm huge into biomechanics kasim hansen with n1 education um i just i love kasim um there's that and then personal it, it would probably be my father um, just because I've seen him and, and y'all heard his story. If you haven't, I believe he was episode 13 of this, I think 13, 14, um, uh, Mark Gonzalez, Mark Gonzalez with legacy work where, um, y'all heard about all his failed business ventures and, and, and all that. And I know he's hearing this and he's laughing because I just said it so bluntly as failed business ventures, but, um, y'all heard about all that and, and to see him just keep on going just keep on going. We didn't have a whole lot when I was a kid, but um, one thing that we did have was always, always had a smile on, on their faces. Always. I never saw my parents fight. I never saw my parents. Um, I never saw their stress and I look back and I can't even imagine the stress that they were under, but um, I never saw it. And at the end of the day, when you can just see people that, you know, I think it's all fine and dandy when you can see celebrities and you can hear their stories or people that you don't know, and you can hear their stories of racks to riches. I think that's great. And it can be inspiring. But, um, when it's somebody you personally know, like on a very, very real level, um, I think it just hits home differently. And so the, the, the fact that, and I do know the other two people personally, but, but the fact that it was my father, the guy who literally brought me into this world. Um, and I can just see his, his, his grit and his tenacity. Um, it, it just, it's just awesome. So that would be a three. Yeah. I think, you know, when you, <laughs> I remember the story your dad told us about, you know, shaking the rug and, and how, yeah. you know, I guess your mom would always say, you know, did you shake the rug? And, and that's always a good story for those to look back on. But at the same time, I mean, you guys are, you guys are amazing and great family and, you know, he provides a lot of value, but you know what? The fact that you can take failed businesses, call it what it is and pivot and make it still successful. You keep trying, you keep pushing. I think that's what makes for an amazing entrepreneur, right? That's what makes for a great business owner is that you have the ability because sometimes people go out there and they try it once and they fail and they never try it again. But yeah. the fact that you can, can make that move and keep going forward says a lot about what you guys are doing as a family, what you guys are doing as business owners. Uh, and again, I commend you guys both. And, and I loved having your, your dad on and uh, we have great conversations. And now, you know, I feel like we're, I'm bugging him all the time about different things too. And he's, he's full of knowledge and uh, grateful for him and I'm grateful for you. So um, thank you for sharing that. If someone wanted to reach out to you about how to get a hold of you for anything, what, uh, how can they get a hold of you? GivingExerciseMeaning.com is one. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. The, the, the fourth one is going to be like, whoa. Second one is Facebook.com slash GivingExerciseMeaning. Third one, Instagram. That is going to be Jim underscore training. I do believe that's what it is. Maybe Jim training is what it is. And again, it's not G-Y-M, y'all. It is G-E-M. And then the fourth one. I, I don't, I don't know if I've, if I've heard this on the podcast and if I haven't until, and it has been done, just tell me if it hasn't been done. Well, whoop-de-doo, here it is. Guys, 
I want to help you at the end of the day. I want to help you. And I can't help you through email. We don't email our clients. I mean, we do like recaps and things like that, but I don't reach out. Hey, how are you doing? Send. That's, that's strange. That's 1980 stuff right there. What do I do? I pick up the phone. I call them. I text them. Reach out 817-988-4777. Again, 817-988-4777. I am not afraid to get calls. I'm not afraid to get texts uh, because at the end of the day, I need what you have. You need what I have. Let's, let's, let's get you to where you want to be in terms of your health. Yeah, for sure. And for the listeners, I know I mentioned this all the time, but I always put the guest show notes in this podcast episode. So reach out to Hunter and Tatum and, you know, great people, great people to work with. And uh, you've inspired me. <laughs> you've inspired a Thank lot you. of people on this list. You know, I can just tell you're going to, you're going to help a lot of people. And I know you've got a Thank heart you. for helping. And I think a lot of listeners are going to take, take away a lot of this. So last thing I want to do, I know you've got a couple of podcasts of your own. I wanted to just give you an opportunity to kind of shout those out and kind of maybe hopefully gain a couple followers out of this. Hey, hey, I like that. So guys, these podcasts, um, thank you so much, by the way, Stephen. Um, they are not, they have nothing to do with health. Nothing. I'm not going to sit here and act like um, they, they are completely uh, away from gym training. So the person that you hear, the person's the same, but the person that you hear, do not view that as gym training hunter. Uh, we have got the two minute drill, which is TWO. M-E-N-U-T-E, Drill. That is a football podcast that I actually do with a client. Um, he's become a really good friend. Um, football podcast, we just chill out, shoot the breeze for about 45 minutes. Drops every Friday morning. Actually, last night's episode or today's episode we recorded last night. Then another one. This is a health comedy podcast. Um, we have a lot of listeners and everybody says, I don't even know the point of this podcast but I can't stop listening to it till death do us part T I L death do us part. Um, y'all can find that T I L death podcast.stream. Um, again, don't listen to that one thinking that you're going to hear some incredible health benefits because yeah, it's a good friend of mine who is a client who refuses to listen to my, to my health, uh, stuff. He calls it propaganda. It is what it is, but yeah, there's that. If y'all want to like those follow, go for it. If you don't, no big deal at all. Yeah. I think sometimes when you have podcasts, you listen to every for actual like information, but sometimes you have episodes and, and podcasts that you want to follow just to unwind and relax and laugh. And um, especially if you're a sports junkie like, like me, you just, you know, anything sports related aside from other podcasts, I think you know, it's a great thing. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being on with us today. Again, I'm grateful you. for you for, for taking the time out and, uh, and thank you for all your knowledge. And I look forward to working with you and talking to you in the future. Hey, thank you. Hey guys, that is it for this week's episode of the empowering business DFW podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you hear the newest episodes as they release every week. If you are a business owner or entrepreneur in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and you would like to share your story, send me an email to empoweringbusinessdfw at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Stay well and God bless.